0: Welcome to Black Mirror Cracked, Season 5. There will be spoilers ahead, you have been warned. I don't know what to say to you, okay? That's the truth. I don't know what to say, I don't know what you want me to say. Welcome to Black Mirror Cracked, the podcast where we discuss and analyse all things Black Mirror. And we're continuing with Season 5. Season 5, Episode 2.
1: Smithereens. Smithereens, not Smithereen.
0: Yes, that's very interesting. Also, you may recognize this voice. I'm joined today by my lovely guest,
1: Daniel Jackson. I am the producer of Black Mirror Cracked, I think. I don't know. <laughs>
0: he just sits there and tells me what to do. He's the voice in my head. And I am, of course, your host, James Ide. As I said, today we're going to be talking about uh, one of the new episodes, Smithereen. Firstly, let's do a very quick synopsis. Okay, so. A London rideshare driver ignites an international crisis where he kidnaps a worker from a social media company. The kidnappee turns out to only be an intern and the situation escalates when the police get involved. The driver demands to speak to the head of the social media platform, a company called Smithereen, while police and Smithereen try to understand his motives. The kidnapper gets his wish and uses it to explain causing an accident that killed his fiance because he was looking at his phone. While driving. Anything I missed there, Daniel? No, that seems to be pretty concise. Well yeah. done, Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to keep it short. Obviously, we don't want to uh, go over the episode. You've all seen it, you all know. Mm. Um, so let's get into some of the more sort of interesting questions. Uh, firstly, we talked about this straight after seeing the episode, because I <laughs> called you, Um something very interesting that we both noticed, and I'm sure the keen viewers at home noticed as well, uh, that the episode starts with a place and a date, London 2018, which Black Mirror rarely does. It doesn't like to pin itself down to a date for good reason, just like all good sci-fi, near future, etc.
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of those, and Black Mirror, it's always kind of like, it's near future, it's a bit of technology that's being kind of exaggerated, and that's one of the things we always say: What's being exaggerated in this episode? Mm-hmm. And right from the start, Charlie's not uh, mucking around. He's like, "This is now, this is a state of play for us, where we are in in the world at the moment, and it's social media, and it's phone addiction, and it's screen time, and, de- and accidents, and dealing dealing with grief in the the modern world." Yes. So the episode feels out out three for series five. This feels the most Black Mirrory Black Mirror. While at the same time, it doesn't have the twists and the, um, you know, potential spin on a bit of technology or a disturbing bit of modern life. No, there's no last minute disturbing spin. It's just spin. Charlie doing good storytelling. Mm. And and this one was, a, for me, it was, it was a thinker because I watched it and about halfway through I was like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Huh. And then, like, things pick up in towards the end of the episode. And I was like, oh. And then I was like, mm, all right. And then you rang me and I was like, well, 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 and then I kept thinking about it. I was kind of going, "Oh, well, actually, this comes into play and that comes into play. And so it took me a while to kind of go, oh, I like that. Like a good Black Mirror episode should,
0: you know, it lots makes, of it ideas you that you do have to like, you, you might have an immediate visceral reaction to it, but. You know, once you kind of percolate on it and think about it and have it churn around your head, you suddenly go, Oh, whoa, but this and this and this, and oh, all that links into this, especially, of course, because of what we're doing here, talking and analyzing yeah.
1: all things Black Mirror. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it was a good episode.
0: I thought it was the strongest from this season, I'll be honest. I've seen. Really? Yeah, it was my favorite. Ooh. It, uh, I haven't worked out where it's going to fit in my overall list of Black Mirror you know, top
1: episodes. You're in your obsession with doing your your ultimate list.
0: (laughs) It's because we talked about it once and I kept changing it and obviously new episodes get added. Everyone I talk to has a very different um, spin on it. I was talking to some friends just before I came here about their favourite episodes, and they were completely different to mine. Mm. One of them went, oh, I hate that. Choose your
1: own episode. Nobody liked that
0: one. I went, oh, that's not true, and it's one of my favourites, so...
1: I'm not not even sure how you fit the interactive movie into an episode ranking, because it's got rankings within itself, so... (laughs) it is a multiverse within itself. I'm really worried this podcast is going to break you one day. You're just (laughs) going to try and rank one too many and snap. Well, that would make an interesting uh,
0: episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's 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 a change up, and it's Charlie doing what he does best, which is keeping it fresh. And this is an episode. Sounds twist. I mean, I don't know whether the it turns out he he was looking at his phone when he crashed was much of a twist because I saw that one coming a mile off. Yeah, I didn't. I
0: didn't feel a twist, but the kind of the. Getting to a point past no return, mm. you know, that reminded me kind of, of Shut Up and Dance um, and, and that kind of slow build, but the tension just piling on and piling on. And of course, we're in the dark for quite a lot of the episode of what Chris's motives are. Mm. And we kind of find out quite slowly along with uh, Police and Smithereen. So, yeah, I, I thought that was very classic Black Mirror. I thought that was really, really good, really strong.
1: It, it's quite a bleak episode.
0: <laughs> Again, classic <laughs> Black Mirror. But.
1: But there are some bits that I was just laughing out loud at because yes. there's, um, there's, but they're this usually due to absurdity. Well, it was or it was comedy the, of errors. It was the ever increasing mm. number of people that were getting involved. So at one point, uh, Lynn, Linda Clark, I think she's called um, Linda Gray, Sorry, uh, the like the head police officer at, yes. at at the scene. It's like someone goes, "Mom, the FBI's on the phone." And it's like, she's going, "What?" It's like the number of people, and I mean, I've I've worked in places with like incredibly detailed telephone systems and what they were doing, it's smithereen with a conference call to the FBI brought mm. one side where you can listen to Chris's conversation in the car while also dialing in the London police on a mobile phone with a speakerphone. It's like there is no phone system in the world that can do that. <laughs> there, there, there is nothing Which but like muting the call one way so you can listen to the guy with the gun while also playing us. Yeah, the, true. Also, the world's worst Spotify playlist. I mean, the, oh, yeah. the, <laughs> the soundtrack for this episode yeah, to try and... is, is brilliant, but it's the wrong things to play to somebody who's got a gun. of course, that's the irony, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if you're like I'm, I don't know why the Lighthouse family... Was he, I mean, yeah.
0: I mean, I, I miss them. Charlie's got a great sense of humor, and I think uh, his use of music does pop up in some of his other projects yeah, as well. But,
1: but you know, Volatile Man with a Gun—you played in Lighthouse Family. Surely that just escalates the situation. <laughs> that's an interesting thing because
0: that's an example of Smithereen trying to manipulate the situation. You know, they—they they have a mood board, they have you know ideas, and they're trying to play music to to you know mess with this state of mind and. Mm. You know, to calm him, I suppose, obviously. Yeah, they don't really understand uh, I,
1: British psyche. <laughs> um, at one point, I was, I was expecting to play Enya down the line. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that would just be <laughs> done. So do
0: you think that smithereen or social media in any way is accountable for accidents caused uh, by people using phones? Or do they have any accountability towards like suicide and cyberbullying and their users?
1: If we're talking about within this episode... Yeah, let's start with that. No. No. I mean, I'm, I'm a driver, and I've had it rammed into me for, you know, best part of, like, 15 years, that you don't use your phone when you're driving. Yes, and um, I think you have
0: to be very hard-line with it.
1: Yeah, and, like, so Andrew, Andrew Scott is Chris gives a wonderful performance. Yeah, and, like, fantastic. towards the end, when he's on the phone with Billy Bauer, he's actually heartbreaking. Yes. Except the one bit I can't get on board with... It's your bloody fault. Yeah. It's like, you checked your phone when you were driving. It's like, and clearly, like, there's no morality tale there. No, but
0: it's that, that combination of mental, you know, how his breakdown, his grief, and his anger at himself. And, yeah. of course, like, he can't really, you know, his, his life doesn't seem great. So I think he's kind of self-destructing, but also, you know, he's he's got nowhere to go. He's kind of...
1: Yeah, so... so- Breaking it down, he checked his phone, crashed his car. Yeah, girlfriend died. Apparently, it took two months to die. So, Jesus, Charlie, that's getting dark. You know, just yeah, that just, is an interesting just, little just detail to just shovel in. Um, and then he's got all this rage, and he's aiming it towards the CEO of the social network, Billy Bauer,
0: who couldn't be further removed from him. Yeah,
1: and it's a nice way to kind of connect an everyman with like this. Not, I know it's not Facebook, but it's kind of Zuckerberg-like figure yes. to get direct access. And it's it's the way that we get Billy Bauer to go on his mini rant, like he created something, and now it's and out, it of out of hand. And yes, there, and, yeah. there are people who are working on like, you know, how much dopamine you get from using the app and making it more addictive. But That's an interesting kind of semi-point alongside. Yeah, should the, we be at, doing it? At the crux of it, I feel very sorry for Chris, but there's it's no, his
0: fault. It's it's his fault. Yeah. And 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 maybe there's a level of responsibility he's refusing to
1: take. Yes, but it, it's that 5% sort of, it, like, what you did was illegal and, and the worst possible thing that could happen did happen. And so I can't, like, fully get on board with the character of Chris because mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not Billy Bower's fault. It's not the police's fault. It's not Tam's fault. It's, it's, it's you, dude. Sorry. True.
0: But I think that... Part of it is is that grief. And I, I yeah. definitely, when I'm angry at myself, I'm, that's the worst anger. Yeah. Um, and, and no, that's the and anger also that he, you project and, outwards. And, and
1: also, he's angry because he went along with his own lie. You know, he's talking, mm-hmm. he's talking about like...
0: Well, there's a guilt there. And not just a survivor's guilt, a guilt that, yes, he was... Um, and lying, kind of lying to Tamsin's parents. Yep, yeah, And everyone consoling him, which... Oh, God, that was so heartbreaking when he described it. He's like, her yeah. mum, you know, consoled me and... Oh, that was hard. That yeah, was hard to watch. So it, it's
1: interesting to explore it from that angle. I don't feel sorry for what happened because it was his own fault, but I feel sorry for the fact you can't, it, it's it's grief mixed up with getting caught up in your own lie mm-hmm. and survivor's guilt and uncontrollable anger. But then he knows what he's doing because he's parked outside Smithereen. He's he's, he's premeditated he's this. It's
0: very interesting Um because there are parts where I kind of felt he was almost inept, but then there are other parts where he's so incredibly smart and planned and knows what he's doing. Mm. You know, he um, he obviously gets the wrong guy uh, and, and you know, things go wrong at certain points, as they totally would in real life, and the police cotton on to him very quickly. But on the other hand, he takes apart the negotiator very quickly and the way he deals with the police um, and even the, the company until he gets to Billy... You know, mm. he's he's very focused and he's like, Nope, that's not going to work. Nope, this he realizes he's being listened to very quickly. He, you know, checks the the news. You know, he checks uh, well, all right, let, let's
1: let's duck into that for a moment because you've got um, the two boys. Oh, god, I mean, like what they call Cosmo and Dibs. I don't, I, <laughs> wow. I, I don't, in it's, it's in the credits, you find out they have oh, the wow. worst yeah, names. See, I in didn't the world. even know that, um, but. Lucky loos so Lucky loos are part of our kind of modern generation. Yeah, it's like, necking, if, yeah. if I walk by something that's vaguely interesting, I'll probably film it, I'll take a photo of it, stuff like that. But they, kind of, they stay throughout the entire time, and they're kind of like releasing yeah. information that they shouldn't be doing.
0: They're even portrayed
1: in a way that kind of makes you
0: not like them, I have well, to say.
1: Well, yeah, to be honest, the first time the police tell them to go away... A bike's down go. there. <laughs> yeah that was the bike
0: I get you by later and they don't leave uh even and, when the cordon's set up and they are pushed back they're still leaning forward taking pictures putting it online they are updating everyone else
1: yeah so but apart from that you find them a little bit annoying yeah it's they are key to the story oh yeah but chris hasn't checked in on his smithereen account in i think they say for two years yeah and then he just happens to decide to log in there and then, and he just happens to see.
0: I think he suspects. I think he, you know, and, and a lot of these social media sites now do have a news tab. Just not necessarily checking for himself; he's checking to see what's going on. So mm, it, it was a tab too convenient. Really, for I me. didn't think it was. I th- I thought that was a yeah. perfectly believable leap. Obviously, because of what we uh, do for a living here, that well, does yeah. him a normal thing to check social media for news. To
1: Did a... you believe him the first time
0: round when he said the gun wasn't real? Oh no, I didn't. I knew what he was doing. So a lot of things indicate that he is, I mean, I'll, I'll get into this later, but he that he's not a evil man. He's not unnecessarily cruel. And even though there's a few instances with Jaden, generally he's he's just trying to calm Jaden. Uh, even if you look at that as self-serving because he doesn't want Jaden to run or freak out or erratic moves, he even says, you know. So I think he's just trying to sort of calm him, calm the situation. And, you know, he's he's worked out. Something that will ease Jaden a lot is so. Game. So
1: you think all all the way through, Chris has decided he is going to die, but he's not going to. Yeah, he's not going to let Jaden die. Absolutely, hundred
0: percent. I think he has no intention of hurting anyone, anyone at all, at any point. Jaden runs at one point, and uh, Chris, you know, threatens him, yells him, pushes him, doesn't really doesn't hit him, doesn't shoot him. Obviously, mm. he could wound him. Doesn't even fire the gun. Of course, it would draw attention, although they do seem fairly remote. He doesn't seem to do anything to be cruel. He, in fact, his crash is caused by avoiding those two boys on the bike. Yeah. You know, the bit where the police come in, like both times, the police kind of intercept him and I, get I, very close. He pulls a gun, says, I have a gun, says he will shoot people very graphically, you know, tries to appear erratic and angry, which he is a bit, but does not fire. Doesn't even fire at them. Doesn't escalate the situation in that way.
1: Mm. I, I can tell you one thing. Andrew Scott has not given on the Cornish Road because that was the slowest high speed pursuit down the country <laughs> lane I've ever seen. Did that break the realism for you? Oh, I mean, I, I grew up in Cornwall, so yeah, I can go whizzing around those country lanes. And if I come across like two boys at high high speed. You yeah, hit them. No, no, you just you, you just <laughs> slightly drive into the hedge a bit. You know, you're absolutely fine.
0: So I've got a question for you. Mm. Um, after seeing the episode, right? Do they die? Do they both
1: die? Does one of them die? Do neither of them die? But do they die?
0: What do you think? It's deliberately kept ambiguous.
1: I I, I like the ambiguity and I like the, I know we're going to talk about um, persona login later on. Um, I like the ambiguity. I don't feel the need to decide. Oh, I understand. And I
0: like it as a narrative thing. However, there is definitely a part of my brain that is annoyed (laughs) by the not knowing. So I have to come to a conclusion in my head. And my conclusion, especially when it's Black Mirror and it's Charlie Brooker, is to go, okay, the worst possible scenario is, and because of the way it looks as well, because Jaden leans in, tries to grab the gun. Mm. Um, You know, Chris is, while injured, he's, you know, he's moving around as well. There's a specific, um, earlier on, there's some foreshadowing, there's them going, we don't want another situation like, and they're referring to another shooting uh, where the police have, you know, basically had the worst possible scenario. And I think that's what happens. I think they both die. Uh, which is sad because Jaden's trying to do something good mm. to save a man who's really hurt him. And and I think that is the saddest, grimmest possible ending. And I think that's so Charlie and so Black Mirror. Definitely. Okay. They die. I I'm, I also think that for a sec, really punctuates everything that's happened. And it's like, oh, has anyone learned? Because it also cuts to loads of people looking at their phones and then just carrying on and not really doing anything. Mm. And that to me is the news cycle, updating people, going... The situation, because, again, working in news, we see this a lot. Uh, you know, people getting notifications going, the situation in the field has ended, both suspects are dead. Everyone kind of looks at it, no one's happy about it. They're not particularly sad either. They just look at it, It's just a, the, the situation's the thing resolved, going on, yeah. life goes on, the news cycle goes on, the notifications continue, well, nothing well, changes. Well, that
1: entire coda, uh, so the, um, the bits of the intercut throughout the end, yes. cr- end credits, it's everybody just going back to what they're doing, including yeah. Billy Bauer. Yeah, Now, I mean, although he
0: seems more affected than anyone else.
1: I I think his end shot just looks like, oh, okay, now I'm going back to my meditation. He doesn't look to me to be, I mean, I wish Tophie Grace would put a bloody top on. He seems (laughs) unjustly proud of walking around topless for most of the episode. I think it's the kind of douche character he's playing. It's almost frame for frame, mirroring his first introduction to the story. Yep. Um, where like you got the close up, he's in exactly the same position, and you know he's just going back to what he's doing. So whatever happened in the field, whatever resolution you've picked um, in your head,
0: I saw it as he actually needed.
1: Everyone just checks their phone for a bit, ma, and he goes back to his detox.
0: I thought his detox thing was just a um, just a, a fake thing that he does to kind of seem uh, clever. However, I think at the end he really does need a a break. A, 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 he really does need to think and maybe meditate on what's happened and yeah. maybe you know. Also, was there a need for for Grace's wig? <laughs> Come on. Like- <laughs> again, to look like a complete douche, that's why. Like, if he'd have just had, if he'd looked normal, I would, you know, he's supposed to be this big personality, this, you know, Zuckerberg, Steve Jobs, eccentric, creative.
1: None of them have got ponytails. So no, no,
0: no, no, but that's a different angle. Like, you know, he has his own thing and also it's playing into a very sort of hippie aspect as well. Mm. So again, a shortcut, you know, visual shortcuts to that are, yep, long hair, you know, eccentric, uh, rich, hippie kind of vibe, which is very, you know, Silicon
1: Valley kind of. Yeah. Hmm. Did you... Was the payoff worth it, do you reckon? Because the entire episode builds up to this kind of, like, phone call showdown between, like, the regular guy and... Also, I mean, like, there's a little bit of everyday sexism going going in here because, like, Chris was on the phone talking to the COO of yeah. the company, but that wasn't good enough. Like, she's the woman in charge, but he wants to talk to the figurehead.
0: He yeah. Not, and not that's, the
1: actual point of authority.
0: That's an interesting point as well, because, yeah, he wants to talk to the figurehead or the originator. But then that's due to public perception. Uh, you know, most people will assume, oh, Wall Zuckerberg runs Facebook. Facebook? <laughs> Fresh, <probably. laughs> Facebook. It's Fresh, uh, just Swedish version. Uh, that was a weird accent. Uh, yeah, people assume that these heads run these companies mm. the same way steve jobs was alive like oh he designed this mac damn him and it's like well, yeah no he didn't have anything that he was so far removed from it again it's a figurehead mm. so he just wanted to speak to the figurehead of this you know social network but not the thing.
1: actual power nope behind the network so no pen- which Pena- is penalty woo is comes into
0: something i was going to talk about later on which is you know what is the point of this call you know why does he do it what does he well, seek from it because he doesn't ask let's go for anything. It. Well, okay, then 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 why does he do it? Because, as you said, he he only wants to speak to Billy. Mm. He doesn't want to speak to the COO because she could affect change. He's not interested in affecting change. He yeah. just wants to confess. You know, he even says to say his piece because when Billy starts to unload on him, he's like, no, 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 shut up! I don't care. I don't care.
1: Well, I, I was wondering if Charlie was trying to um, kind of navigate to this idea that. It's confessions working in both directions, mm. where you've got Chris kind of saying, you know, the crash is my fault, and on the other side, you've got the creator of this saying, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm not in control of all this." Except that falls apart the moment Billy Bauer gets on his laptop and goes, "Yay, God mode!" Because he has got ultimate control. He does have some control. Yeah, yeah. He the the idea that the kind of you're trying to feel some kind of sense of character for Billy Bauer by going. Oh, he's lost control of his own creation, and you know, my gosh, isn't that terrible? And he feels his baby's being abused as well and can't yeah. do anything about it. Were you wondering if it was an and act? Disingenuous, yeah, I think. I, but I like that because then Billy Baron's character becomes more layered, yeah, because he's talking, maybe he's worried about reputational issues, yeah, true, while trying not to look like even with his own staff, he's like, no, just put me on, I don't care about the legal ramifications, and yeah, like that. yeah, but. Maybe he is. Maybe he doesn't want this to be the oh, first.
0: I, I read it differently. I, okay. I, I I don't think there is much he could do to help. I think his company were absolutely right to keep him away from it legally and emotionally. It could mess him up. Well, again, the like, thing that there is there very little good that can come out of it, and obviously there no are different differences
1: with like the U.S. legal system is incredibly litigious as well. So of yeah. course that's why they're saying don't even get on the phone with him. Don't, don't even, even acknowledge. Don't even anything. admit anything. Yeah, you know, course. just like we'll keep buying time, hoping like the. The UK police will figure out how to deal with one man with a gun in an empty field. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, that was a little bit of a... a
1: and don't get, old, don't yeah. even get me started on the police in this episode, because...
0: Well, they're deliberate... Well, they're kind of represented as inept and, and well, quite
1: well, fumbling, which sli- is sad, because well, I, sli- I think slightly, the police are
0: much better than
1: that. Slightly, but the first two are far too good at being police. It's like she just glanced over and went, There's a man with a bag on his head in the back of that car. I don't heads. see that as and necessarily they fo- wanting to investigate. I see him power. And then they followed him and then, and then like they, yeah. they knew he was going to be a runner and all, all like they were amazingly good. And then suddenly every wave of the next step of police that arrive, yeah, they, they become more and more incompetent. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> a, a very like,
0: good point. That the, the closer to the front line, the they were better, or smarter. Yeah. Um but the further up the chain of command they were easily baffled. They were easily you know, bamboozled. <laughs> yeah, And
1: then, and then like... You know, Even
0: the FBI, they that, that guy did next and nothing.
1: Well, well, there's a scene that, I mean, it does... It puts a very fine point on it, which is smithereen are already ahead of the yes, FBI. yeah, obviously. The yeah, they're much faster. They know about the traffic accident. They know about Chris's life. But they, they don't that, share any of that information. I mean, they obviously do when
0: they're talking to the police, but their first port of call wasn't to go okay, uh, Metropolitan Police, here is something that's happening right now. Here's all the no, information. No, because they're,
1: they're getting their cards in order yeah. and sharing when it's opportune for them. Yeah. Because again, they're, they're, they're trying to protect their company and it's interesting do, doing it remotely, not being there, that they may not even know the extent of what's going on. So True. how much do you share? How much do you not? We're living in a GDPR world now, which is yes. the new data protection stuff well, that came in last year. Well, there's the talk
0: about privacy and there's the talk, obviously, with the uh, grieving... Uh, woman and her daughter you know the issues of yeah. privacy there as well so it's very interesting
1: we're, we're going to do the social media privacy stuff in a wee bit i think we've already spoken a little bit about whether chris is just a broken yet yeah, still good guy but yeah
0: i mean as yeah as we said he's he's he has opportunities to to make things worse um but i mean as you were saying he he could He might just be a selfish person. He's not trying to enact change. He's not saying, right, I want you to put out uh, a notification ban or I want you to change this. Now, even if they weren't going to do it, he makes no demand. Yeah. It's just, I feel bad. And again, I did this. Here's my confession. I don't want, this is not two way. I don't want to hear why it happened or, you know, why you feel bad. I don't care. It's not about you. It's about me. And I've let that go. And now I'm going to die. Crazy. So how do you feel about, um, social media sort of after your death. Uh obviously there's the plot point quite early on with the woman and her daughter who's committed suicide. She has no mm. clue. She doesn't know why. So she wants to access the account. They won't let her due to privacy issues. Uh how do you feel about that?
1: Well, this is part of the reason why I volunteered to come onto this episode. It's 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 not like it's it's kind of relevant for me because recently I found out that an ex-boyfriend of mine passed away. Um and actually I found I discovered it on Facebook, which don't even talk to me about that moment, because that was just Yeah oh, horrible. And it really gets me that this is probably how we're going to find out people have died moving forward. But the relevant bit of this story is that his Facebook profile is still there. Mm-hmm. Um and his partner when he died has the password and has access and all this lot. So it's not been put into memoriam. And it's not been deleted; it's just there. So everything's on there. Yeah, and I'm assuming because my my ex partner probably, I don't think any of us think what should we do with our Facebook profile. So I mean, I've, no,
0: we don't assume that we're going to outlive our Facebook profile. Yeah, profiles. I mean, my my, my mother's oh, uh, sorry that they're going to outlive us. Sorry, my,
1: my mother's kind of uh at the, at the stage where she's banging on for me to do a will, and I've always thought my will would be quite easy, which is sell everything and give it to me, give the money to my niece and nephew. Burn everything that contains data because you don't want anybody going through your hard drives. Um, Very mysterious, Daniel. And the third one would be like, you know, chilli, cheese and chips at the funeral. You know, quite simple. But now you've got to kind of think about what do you do? It is an extra
0: facet of um, social media that one they don't promote or advertise or even talk about and one we don't think about, especially mm. social media is still fairly new. But yeah, you, you never assume like, well, what, what happens when I die?
1: But it, but in the the weird part, if you don't plan ahead. So my ex-partner passed away. Um, I met up with his final boyfriend um, and it turns out he's a re- he's a really lovely guy. But there's a guy who has access to... All of that Facebook profile, and, history, and all that, and all the all the direct messages. So you know when when the mum is trying to log into the personal profile because she's looking for something, yeah, it's an invasion of privacy after the fact that her need for answers kind of overweighs that. And I went back th- back through yesterday, and it was a bit of a weird one. I went back through to look at the entire you know private message chain that I had with that guy. And you're like, going, it's it's an echo of our relationship and someone else has access to it. And it's yeah. it's the good stuff and the funny stuff and the rude stuff. But it's also like... But it's The, af- it's the aftermath of arguments. Yeah. And, you know, because he, he had a, a moderate anger issue. And so there are bits like, you know, where he'd run off into the night and I'd be like DMing him, going, where are you? Will you come back? And you're like, someone has access to that. Now, when it comes... And I am. this was the bit... The, when I said this episode was a thinker, this is why it started dwelling on me. Because I'm so glad they went back to visit... I don't think we get the character's name. I'm going to call her Mama Blackwood. And she was played by, um, by Mad May from EastEnders. I don't know if you remember her. No,
0: I do not watch EastEnders. Well, I haven't watched it in a very, a very, very long time. Brilliant actress
1: called Ama- Amanda Crew. Because it, it kind of bookended what this episode is, f- for me at least. Which is social media and grief. And they kind of did the setup at the beginning, but when they went back to it at the the end, and that was Chris's one request, is to get the password to them. Well,
0: another proof of uh, Um, he's still a good man. Yes, but then... Because he didn't have to do that.
1: No, he he didn't have to do that. But it's the idea of, like, should she do it? Because, like, the moment she clicked login, synchronised up with the gunshot, which to me makes it seem like, you know, you log into a loved one's private messages, you're going to find out Things you don't want to know that you don't want to do, and this, and especially if it's relating to a death. And this is woman, I mean,
0: even more frustrating. Let's say she finds nothing.
1: Well, she's not going to let that go. Well, she was looking for clues in that in that scenario. I think for that character, that's probably the best outcome. Is she was hoping there'd be answers there. There wasn't, but now she can stop logging in at twelve every evening because you know there's nothing there to look for. But you know, grief is an amazingly tricky thing. It's an incredibly personal thing. And I think going into someone's private messages after their death, yeah, you know, it's it's like setting a bomb off in your own grief cycle. Mm. It could say it could set you back, yeah, so, I don't, so much.
0: I don't think it's something that the person would necessarily have wanted. No. I mean, would you want? Well, as you've said, you'd want all the hard drives. Burned. No, I mean,
1: when when it comes to my own social social media, um, I mean, like my profiles are are uh, public because I don't lock them down. There's nothing on there that's particularly interesting, but. What I would like for Facebook is to be like, okay, yeah, yes, leave my lovely pictures up and leave my funny comments up and stuff like that, but no one gets access to my private content, and I don't yeah. think they've got that. Interestingly, this week... Um, oh, yes, there was a change, wasn't there? There was a change. Yeah. Um. So Facebook would normally make you jump through a couple of hoops to kind of get um, a profile deleted, yes. or you can make it in memoriam, which I think... I mean, that would be an even worse way to find out someone's dead. If I logged into Facebook and suddenly... And you, suddenly, you suddenly an your account changed, and that does happen. Your, your 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 name is suddenly in memoriam, James I'd be like, what the... <laughs> you know, again, it's like, give me a little bit of a run-up to it. Genuinely, it was quite traumatic finding out someone's dead, dead on Facebook. I'd much rather someone, like an old friend who still had my number, kind of rang out the blue, because I'd be like, oh, something's happened. You get that yeah, yeah, yeah. moment of, like, prepare yourself it. you don't well get...
0: and there's a human element to it yeah. a person delivering information maybe tailoring it to how you need to hear it at that time i think there's something no that... most of my friends would be,
1: he dared move on That's... and i would be like thanks for that that, that, was, <laughs> that was nice
0: there's still a human interaction whereas just a post changing or just a yeah. in brackets you know in so Manoranda. facebook
1: um, um spookily just launched another option which is we're which... saying
0: black mirror predicted the future as well or Again.
1: Or be glad they released it when they did, because otherwise that entire plot point may not happen. Which is, you can now go onto Facebook and you can select, delete me when I die. Um, So rather than giving people access or giving people in memoriam options, I can say now, when someone tells you I'm dead, can you just delete everything? Mm. Um, And that's something I've got to think about. Yeah. because That's not
0: a snap decision, because part of you, yeah, you're like, I want... I want my pictures to live on. I want it if it comforts my friends and family, absolutely. Yeah. But on the other hand, you know,
1: that's all my
0: content. That's that's things that I don't necessarily want know, everyone to go through.
1: And it's just a horrible age. I mean, if that's the one thing I take away from this episode is that yeah, now you've got to start thinking about your digital afterlife. Yeah. And and that's not an exaggerated piece of technology or something going too far. No, that is that, now. That is now. And I've got to think about Would it make my mum and my sister sad to still be able to? Because again, there's there's an element of control of would people be able to stop themselves going up and down your timeline when they're feeling sad? Yeah. But then I've also got, like, a, you know, a um, tiny niece and a tiny nephew. And if I passed away tomorrow, I'd love for them to be able to... That's how they know you. ...look at the life of Uncle Dan, mm. you know. But I don't want to make anybody sad. I also think that, but you I don't know want, how I don't
0: ancestry mean, sites are they're a big deal at the moment. I think one day people will trawl through mm. old, broken social media sites. People will piece together... It won't just be your DNA. They won't go, oh, my great-great-great-great-granddad was Dan. They'll go, mm. my great-great-granddad was Dan... Uh, but here's the things he did. And this here explains.
1: he is an 80-foot hologram form, <laughs> courtesy of uh, the mummager. No, it... Oh, God, I just made myself really sad thinking about that now. <laughs> I, I know on Twitter you can do, like, um, you can export your content. Yeah. So you can take a snapshot of everything that's been on your timeline. I don't know if Facebook do that yet. Because that would be a way of, like... Yeah, I'm not aware of that. I'm going to look into that. Right, should we go back to happy? Yeah. What was your
0: favourite moment or quote from the episode? Uh, I'll start with mine. Uh, I'm not going to quote it directly because there are lots of swears. Uh, People don't even look up anymore. You people wouldn't notice if the sky turned purple. You wouldn't even notice for a month. You didn't look up and look where that's got you. And while that's a funny line and a really good rant uh, that we can relate to, it proves a really valid point, especially with taxi services. Um, Because often we we kind of turn off our defences when we get into a cab. You don't Mm. think... uh, My wife does this a lot when she's travelling. I've been with her when she's done it. She just gets into a car. She might say two words to the driver and then she's on her phone and she's planning what she's doing next. A lot of people just get in and go on their social media and everything. Uh, and this is interesting because yes, we have a false feeling of safety when you forget you're with a stranger, but you automatically go, "Well, I've done this for an app. I'm being monitored. Mm. Everything knows where I am." Well, but th- there is an illusion of safety there that isn't real. Y-
1: you have to make room for the idea that accountability and trackability mm. are safety after the fact. Do you yep. know what I mean? So, if you get into a rideshare app car, and something happens, you can track down the person out of fact. It doesn't make you safe in that moment, though. No. And, and the thing is, so
0: I think it's more to do with this this day and age and the age of mobile phones and notifications. Um, I think before when I used to get into taxis, you know, I'd be very aware. I'd be looking out the window. I'd be maybe talking to the driver. I'd be very aware of where I am and what I'm doing. Whereas now, what I think I do it less because I'm quite paranoid, probably because I watch too much Black Mirror. Yeah. Um, but especially when I'm with friends, I was literally in an Uber last night and my friends got in the second, before they, their bums had hit the seats, they had their phones out in front of their faces and they were like, oh, here's what we did last night. And they're, they're loosely talking to each other, but they're mainly on their phones. Mm. And I was thinking, well, what if this driver just drove into a wall right now? And, I'm, you know, <laughs> this had, is the thing that you, I think. Had you
1: watched the episode before you went down in the Uber last night? Uh, I had, yeah. Right, but so I, that's probably on, the, but on your But I'll be
0: honest, I do this a lot. So okay. anytime I get in a Uber... Um, I'm not an Uber, sorry. Anytime I get into any kind of taxi service, I, I do, you know, I might look at my phone briefly, but then I kind of snap to, you're in a car, you're in a car with a person you don't know. 99% sure it's going to be fine, but maybe have a little bit of awareness.
1: Ah, uh, see, I I go from the other way. I'm safe because I'm thrifty. So I'm looking up to make sure they're going the way I want to go, and they're not taking a long detour. Thinking well, like yeah, there's that thing too. of a tourist yeah. is Yeah, like, uh, no, could you not go down there? Can you? But that's fine. That's a form but also, of awareness. I'm keeping my, my rating up, so I make small talk with the drivers. They're gonna <laughs> go, oh, you know, has been busy tonight, and how long you out till, and when I finish, they're gonna go, oh, don't don't work too long, you know. I'm 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 the. That's um, very I'm, nosedive of you. I'm the. You anno- want a higher rating? <laughs> I'm I'm the annoying. I'm the annoying guest. Uh, my. It's not a standout quote. I mean, there's the funny one where the police officer kind of goes, is he taking a photo? Um, but it was the, I, I don't know how to describe it, it was just the sheer, awful, stereotypical, almost lazy self-help tape yeah. that goes, and I, and I quote, notice how your breathing continues all by itself, Cal- calmly. Without judgment.
0: You go, that's very it, Charlie Brooker, though. That's that's like something out of Nathan
1: Barley, which well, I yeah, told it, you yeah, to it, check it, out. But it's just that complete and a waffle of like, if I was listening to a self-help tape like that, it would make me worse, not better.
0: Oh, he's, he's very good at, at writing dialogue that... Essentially means nothing, but lots of words are said. And Nathan Barley is very famous for that. Uh, If you haven't seen it, I do recommend you check it out. It's very funny and it's doubly funny and relevant if you live in um, East London because it's (laughs) kind of takes place there. Technology. Yes. So, so there's, there's no, nothing exaggerated. But yeah, look, this is an interesting episode. There's no one tech that you go, oh, that's the thing, that's the... Well, I, well, I, don't,
1: I, I don't know how it works because you're an Android boy and I'm an iPhone guy. Um, but there's been quite a few developments in that are relevant to this episode. So um, iOS released uh, Screen Time. So it tells you every week, like, how much you've used your phone. Oh, that's fascinating. Um, so every Sunday it kind of goes, oh, your screen time was down by 16%. And I'll be like, yes, because I went out and had a life this week. And then, like, next week it would be like, mm, your screen time is up 64%. I said, yes, because it's, you know, the day after New Year and no one's going out. You know, so I'm used to that. Um, and also they introduced a function where if the iPhone suspects that you are driving... Mm-hmm. it will say, do you want to turn on your do not disturb? So it will only, you know, give you phone calls or text messages from people who are in your VIP list, for example, in case of emergency. And it will hold all your other notifications over. And literally, I mean, I've got a bus, bus to work today. Um, it thinks I'm driving. It's, a, it's actually overly annoying me because I'm not driving. I'm on a bus and it keeps going, I'm just going to mute you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to quiet everything like, down. No, no, no. Phone, could you come back? Could you come back? But, but there are technologies. And it's interesting to me. I
0: don't know whether... I mean, that could have saved, uh, if that was available in the episode, that could have saved Tamsin's life.
1: Well, yeah. So we're talking about things that, um, in, in the plot. And so Chris's. If the, if the delete Facebook when you die option has been turned on, then the mum's story becomes a bit of a plot issue. And now we've got these, kind of, these protections that are being developed for apps. So it's like how much screen they time... They don't does entirely that... work.
0: And also, it only works if you pay attention to it. So, for example, my phone may have that. I, I honestly don't know if Android has that, mm. but I don't pay attention. to No, I'm, I don't look at notifications very often. In fact, I find them irritating. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm just, I'm just wondering from the idea of when this episode was conceived and when it sure. development.
0: It does say 2018 and not 2019, which I thought was yeah. weird. It's like why, why pull it back by a no. year? And it's, again, maybe it could be because there's lots we'll of recent him. things coming in.
1: We'll ask them. It's fine. Oh, okay. One thing. Yes. So, although it's quite a bleak, a bleak episode, there's all these kind of elements of farce. You know what I mean? Yes. Right? When I'm saying that there's humour. So, Well, and, uh, yeah, like
0: escalating situations.
1: Some stuff, some stuff they wouldn't have to go through had Jaden not left his phone in the first car, yes. for example, or the fact that Chris has kidnapped an intern by mistake. On a rewatch, he probably should have realised there was something different, because in the back of the car, did you notice, he loaded a suitcase and a woman's handbag.
0: Oh yeah.
1: So I mean I thought he was I'm not too a, I'm not well g- dressed anyway yeah, to be I'm, working
0: there. I, I in the first few seconds I watched it, I thought, okay, this this place, this building is like an analogue for, you know, Google or Facebook or, you know, those those kind of places. And they're quite famously no one no
1: one wears a suit to those things. Yeah. You know, no one dresses like that. You know. But but, but there there were times where actually everything could have been resolved a lot faster if it wasn't for those kind of like slight I've got I've got this thing about fast and tragedy where actually they're all about the same thing. It's like uh, misunderstandings, miscommunication, mismoments. The only difference is the outcome. So in a tragedy, it's bleak. And in a farce, everyone goes, ha, ha, ha. Wasn't that a lovely misunderstanding? So I, so I look at those moments as being farce. I mean, his reaction when he finds out he's an intern, the double take. Oh, yeah. The double take he does. And he's well, like... that leads his rant. That, that he's like, his... oh, yeah. And he's like ranting, going, why are you dressed like you run the company? He says why? it, yeah,
0: He says it a couple of times, like, why are you wearing a suit? Why? No one dresses, everyone dresses like students on a gap year. Why are you wearing a suit?
1: The framing of Andrew Scott for a lot of the episode is quite unusual. He kind of drags my eye a little bit because he's not, he's not framed in the rule of thirds for most of the episode.
0: No, he's normally off centre, isn't he? Yeah,
1: so, but if you kind of like, if you imagine the widescreen image, he's, he's not even just left, he's quite extreme left. And at some points he's, like, he's low down in the frame. Certainly in the chase scenes, he's quite yes. low down. Um, and there's old kind of, like, it, not lazy direction, but kind of like a, a mode of direction is the people who are in the right and normally framed on the right. Mm. So you, you watch, like, a police procedural or whatever, and, like, the way they're set up in interview scenes. The, the goodies are normally on the right-hand side. So And he's, like, he's, he's on the left, but he's also weirdly on the left. It's, it's off, off-kilter. That makes well, sense. much
0: like his character, really, isn't it? He's uh, he's not quite a bad guy, although he's pretty bad. Mm. And he is definitely off-kilter.
1: A couple of little bits. There's an element of chastisement of people in this day and age don't memorise phone numbers. Yes, I mean... Because Jaden didn't have a number. To, he didn't even he know He didn't know calling. the number. And, and that's that go to reception. <laughs> yeah,
0: that caused um, Chris's frustration, which is funny, actually, because Chris, you know, uses a mobile phone and he... Um, you know you had a social media website he'd know those things you know no yeah. one knows i think i know my number uh, and maybe my old work number and that is about it
1: i'm kind of good at remembering the last three digits of people's numbers that's mine don't. i say that <laughs> that was a joke <laughs> i only remember it for important people oh uh... uh...
0: Um, How do you feel about this being a British episode? Uh, do you think it needed to be set in England? Was there anything about it that you're like, okay, that wouldn't have worked in America? Because the other two episodes, you know, I have to be said, are, are very Americanized. Black Mirror is going in that direction, which is fine. I, that doesn't hmm. bother me, although there are some people out there who preferred its more British roots. It's smaller.
1: I I have a problem when, when we kind of talk about Black, Black Mirror and Britishness, because... For me, it doesn't have to be, have that kind of like bleak British vibe running down it. And since it moved to Netflix, of course, you know, it's going global. I mean, this this tiny fun thing on Channel 4 that started in, what, 2011 and is now become this global phenomenon, I think it has to move and appeal to a wider audience. Um, And this isn't strictly one of its British episodes because there's a lot of action going on in Los Galos, California. You know, you've got a US location, you, well, or, or a global kind of feel to it already, even though it's just a car in a field. I think this season needed something to kind of take it back to its roots. And I don't know if that's Britishness or whether that's just a bit more simple, something with not as much flair. So because, you think it's a little bit of an well, you've got of just bringing it back? you've got some kind of like Hollywood feel to um, Striking vibes. You've got Anthony... Mackie yep. and then in and then Rachel Jack as- as- yeah. you've got Miley Cyrus and you've got these really big names and Andrew Scott is a big name I mean look, yeah. the guy was Moriarty in Sherlock Yep, he was a Bond villain yeah. in Spectre um, he was in uh, the acclaimed movie Pride um, and he's also very very active on like theatrical scenes as well yes, so he, yeah. he is a big name but he's one of our our big names yeah. do you know what I mean we've kind of we've watched his career grow um, and he's certainly one of the actors that can carry it, because effectively it becomes almost like a three-hand play.
0: Yes, I was going to say that, yeah, especially the elements in just, well, the car and the yeah. field, and yeah, there's just mainly And so with, th- mainly with fewer and...
1: people, the need for them to be stronger performers to carry it. Yeah. You know, that's just, and he's one of those act- actors that can. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if Black Mirror necessarily has always had a, a quintessential Britishness. It might ha- It might have a British mentality yeah. about it. Well there's it. definitely because, a very because we sarcastic, are quite like a British humor and there's very sarc- um, sarcasm, bleakness, it's always raining, you know, it's it's Yeah. We're and, not a particularly upbeat country most of the time. Well
0: and, and parody, you know, I think we do we do kind of parodies very differently to how America does it. So yeah. you know
1: um but i I'm, I would like to see more global Offerings from Black Mirror, they've done. Um, I don't know if you've seen them yet. They've done a, a series of short Black yes. Mirror episodes called Little Mirror, and it's yep. part of a film competition. Um, and that that's about like kind of trying to find stories from elsewhere in the world. Um, and I think that's good.
0: Yeah, it's a great idea expanding the universe and and bringing
1: more into it. Yeah, um, Smithereens. When the I love the fact they've got like you know the COO, head of legal and analytics in the room uh did you see the automatically generated um transcript every time just kept saying ducking 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 every time just got swore on the yeah phone, it wouldn't the system just would not filtered re- out his swears every time and is that just not autocorrect on everyone's phone anyway yeah you know? yeah um shall we do some easter eggs? yes okay so some of the main things i saw um, actually come from the word cloud in the Smithereen's office.
0: Yeah, this was really interesting. So um, you got a better look at this than I did. Yeah, so
1: I freeze frame. They had a word cloud, and uh, it's all generated on content that Chris had posted. Oddly, his um, girlfriend wasn't the biggest word on there. She was quite small. The biggest words were great people love mum. So, I don't know. Ring mum, tell you a lover. Um, yeah. Ice Bucket Challenge, Glasto, Great British Bake Off, Space Fleet,
0: Ha <laughs> yay, Callister reference.
1: Michael Callow. Yep, so, yep, obviously the Prime Minister. And the most self-referential one of all, hashtag 2014 wipe. Oh. Isn't that glorious?
0: Well, I'd love it if it was 2019 wipe or 2020 <sighs> wipe,
1: and then it was a reference to, yep, we're going to do another one. And Victory Lap. So, previously on Black Mirror Cracked Bandersnatch, we spotted the future egg. That was in there, the future egg, and it was um running along the news ticket and it was Smithereen CEO Billy Bauer. Yeah, uh, it's like talks to Congress or Parliament about Russian bots. Yeah, and that was it. Wow, which actually makes sense ahead of time. So heard it it here first, guys. Well, so at the press conference uh, that we went to for the launch of Series Five, Charlie and Annabelle were talking, and it turns out that Series Five was in development first before Bandersnatch, and I thought. Because you know, band of snacks released first, you assume it, it, goes, it would be the other yeah, way around, but yeah, it seemed that they were quite far down series five, and then all effort went into doing band of and releasing it at a certain time. And then I don't know why I'm waving my arms, I'm waving my arms, at gesticulating I'm hard, gesticulating that that doesn't work in audio. Um, little bits of foreshadowing as well. So when you have a uh, mama Blackwood, uh literally says at one point, oh, it's not like you're going to die tomorrow. You're like, yeah. So he's going to die, to die tomorrow. Another Easter egg for you. Um, when the mum's trying to log into the Persona account yeah. for the daughter, it very clearly has the email address up there. And not, not just a glimpse. It didn't have to freeze frame it. It's, it's very clear. It's really up there, um, both at the, at the beginning and the end of the episode. Could this mean that they want you to do something with it? Well, so last night I emailed... Chris Blackwood at gmail.com and I apologise if there's a real Chris Blackwood out there. Please complain; we'll take that bit out. But it's it, it's up there. I didn't get a bounce back. Right, nor, so it's a real email. Nor did I get a reply. So I'm I'm thinking on launch day that
0: this could trigger something in
1: in the same way like you know Bandersnatch had like mini games in a fake site, all kind of set up.
0: I think I'll, I'll email it on launch day because I haven't, obviously. I, yeah. I, and then I, we'll see if that's any different because you've done it ahead of time. It might not. I mean, it might work, but it might not. Yeah. We'll see what
1: happens because if I do it on the day, what did you
0: say in the email?
1: Oh, um, I, in case it was a real person, literally, I just put subject header testing and body text testing. Oh, wow. Well, I'm going to say more than that. <laughs> we, we're going to talk to the dead fictitious daughter. Yes. From the episode. Okay. That's just the sort of thing that you do. I'm just
0: going to send... So I've got some great pictures of uh, Charlie Brooker that I'm going to send them from when uh, he worked at PC Zone. I'm just going to forward (laughs) that to them. There's one of him with a knife and fork in his bottom, on his bottom. Should we get get into our our, our lovely troupe of actors? So So obviously, Andrew Scott absolutely fantastic oh, as uh christian uh, christopher Gilhaney in the episode he was so good he he has this manic tension to begin with and you just kind of think he's a bit of a screw loose and mm. obviously with the meditation app and everything you just think he's very crazy oh. and uptight but there's he delivers some subtlety there so he, the whole time he keeps the tension and he even amps it up but there mm. are times when you see a little bit of kindness from him uh especially towards Jaden um and yeah he just the the speech at the end speaking to billy bauer my god it mm. just really got me like he, he was you you really feel his pain yeah you you that was the bit that sold most of what he was doing because as you said it's quite farcical and for a long time i kept thinking but what what is was he going to gain from this why is he doing this you know what there's no logical point to it. And then that's where it kind of comes out. And there's still no logical point, but I understood. Yeah, even, even if I've got... The grief kind of, and the way he delivered that grief. It's not just like, I'm sad because this happened. It was the outpour of, of personal pain and guilt
1: and responsibility. And, oh, just... Even if I've got slight issues with the character and the exact motivations, Scott's performance is just...
0: Brilliant. I mean... Again, like, I'd say
1: strongest in this series. I, genu- I genuinely got quite teary when he started talking yeah. about, like, you know, uh, Tamson's parents at the funeral. And, he, and even when, you know, Jaden was kind of talking about it and he was, like, thanking him for being kind. Yeah. And it's like, when you're upset and someone's being kind to you, it can actually trigger you even worse. worse. And I was just, oh, I mean, yeah. I, I, I absolutely thought he was, he was brilliant in it. Topher?
0: I do like Topher Grace. I think he's I will
1: cool. never forgive him for Spider-Man 3. And legitimately, <laughs> we were on the phone yesterday talking about it, and I was kind of going, meh, it's a bit meh, meh. No, I, you-
0: I liked him. I thought he was good. He played that ridiculous kind of cult of personality character very well. Um, you know, you need some eccentricity. You need something to make it stand out. However, what I didn't expect... So I just thought he was going to be almost comedically kind of weird as a shortcut for brilliance. But no, he... Um, there were points where you could tell he was trying to actually connect with Chris. And there are bits where he, you know, he tried following what his company said at first, and then he immediately not only rejected it, but was honest and said, Oh, it's this thing they told me to say. And, you know, I I felt he was trying to make a connection. And especially when um, Chris gives his speech of like why he's done it. And uh, Billy comes back with the reasons you Know, I thought that was great as well because he's again reaching out to make that connection, which mm. is kind of what the social he even says. This is what I built it for in original to connect people. And he's trying to make that physical, I th- well, th- physical I th- I
1: think, emotional connection, I th- and it's rejected. I, th- I think it's difficult because there are just some actors that you go in with preconceived notions, yeah. and. That's not fair. I mean, maybe Topher Grace did the most amazing job on this and it was really, really but I've just, oh, whenever he turns up in things, I just find him quite annoying. And, I, and, really? and it's very difficult for me to let that go. Okay. Um, and to be honest, I've, I've almost had that feeling about Miley Cyrus in Jack yeah, Jackanackie 2 because I was kind of going, well, yeah, it's a big name, but I've never seen her act in anything. I just know she's annoying. Yeah. And it's quite. You know. you know that they can act, but you don't I th- really I th- I think, rate their acting. I think maybe it's if Topher Grace had been in it more, because it's a good 40, 45 minutes before he even appears on screen. Yeah. And so ma- maybe had he had a bigger run in it, I m- may have liked him. Um, Jaden, played by Damson Idris. He was really good. I, yeah. yeah I th-
0: I've not seen him in ending. I didn't recognize him from anything,
1: but again, that's a very Black Mirror I've, thing to take I've... these. Well, Very good, solidly well, good actors. This is this is where I go. I've not seen him anything. I looked him up on IMDb. He's been he's in everything. Been in, he's one of these actors that turns up in lots of things. I've just not mm. clocked him along the way. But I thought he, he was brilliant.
0: Yes, he did well. He he conveyed uh, fear really well. He even his connections with Chris were mm. really quite genuine. Even the bit where he's like, you know, don't kill yourself. My uncle did that, and it messed up our family. Like, yeah. they they felt quite. Well, real. again,
1: what are the chances of picking up somebody who's got a history of suicide in the family? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. of course, it's, it's it's convenient, but it's but a it, good but reason it, to keep him. It's it's a jumping moving. on point to kind yeah. of access that that character.
0: One thing I thought was interesting is when um, Chris is trying to put him in the boot of the car, and he's like. Like, he's got a gun pointed at his head and he still does not want to get in. And he's like, no, I'm claustrophobic, I'm claustrophobic. Utterly freaks out.
1: And thought... and, and then Chris kind of goes, oh, he lets him back out the boot. which well, again, it...
0: more proof that Chris is maybe a better person than he appears. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was a great performance as well. Although a little bit unbelievable because you know if a gun is pointed at your head oh well, then again i'm not claustrophobic yeah. so uh monica, maybe maybe you uh, would rather be Moni- shot
1: in the head monica dolan who plays uh, the officer in charge at the scene um uh, got her down here linda grace um been in w1a and she was also in pride with anju scott <laughs> so you know <laughs> so it's,
0: it's, old it's, friends yeah yeah lots of combat. she was good she was very commanding she you know she was quite rigid which is what at least uh, as an audience I expect, from a police officer, senior police officer, mm-hmm. and to not understand all this social media lark and why
1: yeah. the FBI are calling. And Billy Bauer as in Billy Bauer? As in Billy Bauer? Billy Bauer? Yeah, I th- um, sh- she's not she's playing West Country. I don't know why I did that accent. Because you default to it or Because I times. default to it. Partially. When the mic is not on him, that's how he speaks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and The Negotiator, um, uh, played by Daniel Ings.
0: He's good. He had the... He was good. I don't find him particularly memorable, other than you know he comes in swagger, bit of smugness. He was playing the character he was asked it, to play. Yeah, just happened exactly. To be a he did it crap character. Yeah, he
1: he just came in, He's smug and like overly. And the, the bit when he's on the phone going, "So I don't think this is about money. I think this is about power and status." And you kind of go, "All right, quasi psychotherapist no. dude, just like, <laughs> yeah. if he wanted money, he'd rob a bank." There might be something more to this. Um, yeah he just
0: is almost like a side note to show the police's slowness and their ineptness to catch up i think he's just a a, you know a human version of that yeah so damson idris's character Jaden, he does something very interesting he's kind of Mm -hmm. depending on how you read the ending and we know how i read it his last sort of act is an act of kindness towards chris you know chris is trying to shoot himself and he's trying to wrestle the gun out of his hands he's not trying to be a hero Mm. he's literally trying to save his captor's life and again it's it's i thought that was really cool but also very sad and very black mirror very like oh this doing the right thing is going to lead to something really
1: wrong yeah like his death well that's how i felt and how strong he felt about you know the suicide and, and the first moment that uh chris mentioned the child lock
0: if oh you've yeah! Ever
1: had a car with child lock? You kind of know that they're not particularly easy to turn off. So, so the moment you mentioned child lock, I thought, oh no, it's gonna that's predetermined Jaden's fate because he won't be able to get out. He's of not the car. leaving that car <laughs> ever. Get, yeah, yeah. There's the very important issue of
0: driving while texting or using a phone. In the US, it causes 1.6 million crashes per year, and it's a very serious issue. And one thing I thought was very interesting is Black Mirror discussing serious. Modern issues. Mm. Now, I know a lot of good sci-fi takes modern issues and then puts a weird spin on it or or alienizes it in a way that, that muddies it just enough yeah. for you not to realize it's now or for you to think on it. But this was very blatant, as we said, with the date at the beginning, with the technologies, nothing was far into the future. Even the phones were regular phones yep. because in uh, in even some of the other episodes, like Striking Vipers, their phones are wafer-thin and futuristic. These are not. I thought that was interesting. And I, I I'm wondering whether I... I like Black Mirror, you know, discussing more modern, contemporary issues,
1: and not going into the, well. It's the it, it's it's not just about texting while driving. It's about no. it's about drink driving. Had the had the driver of the other car not been drunk, then the blame for the accident may have gone yes, elsewhere. Yes. So it it's, it's Chris would
0: have been punished. Uh, he wouldn't have been there to cause his crimes, but also he might have felt some catharsis
1: in being punished. For so him. don't text and drive. Don't drink and drive. <laughs> No. says says Charlie Brooker, which yeah. uh, you know you kind of think the law also covers that, but maybe people more people listen to Charlie. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I think I'd like to see Black Mirror. You know, just do the occasional episodes that that take place in our time or closer to our time. I like lo- I like it when they do that. Oh, Don't get me wrong, I absolutely love the further out ones as well. Mm. I just like all Black Mirror. Yes. That was a nothing statement. <laughs> 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 um, and that's
1: me outtakes done. Yeah.
0: Right. And that's it. That's us wrapped up. Uh, Thank you very much to my special guest, Daniel Jackson, my producer, for joining me on this episode. And if you have been affected by any of the issues or themes within this episode, please know you are not alone and there is always someone to talk to. If you're feeling down, call the Samaritans. You can reach them at www.samaritans.org or call 116 123. That is a UK number, but I'm sure if you go online, you can find your local equivalent. Thanks. Black Mirror Cracked, we'll be right back.